Hey everyone, it's Christine, and this is episode 64 of No Lake Trust for Real Estate. Let me tell you how excited I am to introduce you to Hillary Saunders, the chief broker officer and co-founder of Side Inc. She's smart, humble, kind, and incredibly articulate. She has a passion for helping people. She's so genuine, and she so wholeheartedly believes in the mission of Side. In our chat, she shared her thoughts about effective leadership, female leadership, and the grassroots efforts SIDE has undertaken to improve fair housing for all across the U.S. Take a listen and let me know what you think. Um, Welcome, Hillary. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, Christine. This is so exciting. And you're so kind. All those nice things. Oh, my goodness. I'm a truth teller, Hillary. You know, we've known each other for not a long time, like six, eight months. I'm a truth teller. Um, I'm going to dig right in because I am super curious about your background. And I think it's um, it's it's got such a depth and richness to it. Um, You bring so much to the table as a leader. So kind of take us back to when, you know, you became an attorney and how that all turned into real estate. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I went to law school because the job market wasn't so great out of college. And I thought, oh, this will be interesting and challenging. And in in law school, I had this pro- real property professor who just lit a fire under me and a light bulb went off because of even in a densely populated city like San Francisco, each transaction was different and unique. And the stories behind the buyers and sellers were so interesting. And I, similar to you, love telling a story. I love interviewing people and really getting to the crux of the issue or whatever they're working on. And that's also how I problem solve. So in law school, that was kind of my my path that I decided to go down. And then um, at the same time, I found an equal passion for estate planning and probate and really trying to help people. That's where the helping came in, where in the most difficult time in somebody's life, they could have had somebody either set them up so they can, you know, just spend time with their family and grieve and do what they want to do and not focus on, oh, great, now I have to deal with all these assets or no assets and I have to pay these bills. What do I do? Or on the flip side, if they are in that terrible situation, I really like to be the calming voice that came in and said, you know what, similar to how I handle real estate, let me just take everything off your plate. I will come to you. You will make all the decisions, but I'm going to do it in a way that feels like you can live your life. And this is not something that some big boulder you have to push up the hill. Let me push the boulder. You just kind of sit back and I'll tell you how to deal with this. So that's where my initial passion for real estate came in. And I ended up working in litigation for a bunch of years in San Francisco and then really learned I don't like the infighting and the constant focus on the minutia. I like the 30,000 foot level. I like to plan. I really like to help solve people's problems and not fight over it. If you can. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would guess you get that on the probate side to some level, right? Especially when there's multiple family members involved, right? Pro tip or life tip for anyone listening, write this one down. Even if you don't think you have assets, there will become a time when you have something of value that you own or are involved in or something, please get your estate plan done. It's super simple. Create a trust, a basic will. It depends on the state you're in, what functions best. But trust me, planning a little bit ahead of time will save your loved one's headache. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> yes, no, I, I, you know what? I've seen it um, in my own family and... Uh, <laughs> 
the first thing we did when we had our son, my husband was like, we're going to get an estate plan. Um, so that, yeah. you know, we don't have to, to your point, like put the pain on our family. God forbid right. something happens. Yes. So that, okay. so that blended my real estate and legal career really well, which was, I would, you know, could participate in helping someone sell a house or buy a house. And then I would ask them, Hey, do you have a trust set up? And they'd be like, why do we need that? I'm like, let me tell you why. And then I would parlay that into actually, hey, I'm giving way more value than the average realtor at the firm that I was at at the time. And so that then transferred into, I should actually be doing this myself. This is my niche. This is yeah. why clients are hiring me for me, for my experience, for my education, for my style of doing things, and not for the company I'm working for, not the big box label that I'm working for. They could care less what that was. So yeah. that was the spark that it ignited the entrepreneurial, go out on your own, do it yourself, really put your um, brand on it. And my branding was nothing. Like mine was like, bottom shelf compared to your top shelf branding. So um, <laughs> if I had done it again and you guys were in existence, I would have done it differently. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so, so you left and you became a broker. You opened a boutique. Did you have agents or was it just you? <clears throat> I was a licensed broker in California at the time. So when I left the big box, I actually brought a couple agents with me. And so it was a small and mighty team in San Francisco. Um, and so I had to start it from the ground up, which was kind of the reason when developing side, I really wanted to make it available to more top producing people, make it more accessible because my background in legal and accounting and things like that made it a little more palatable for me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't scary. I knew who to call. I knew the resources. I knew where to go to find answers when I didn't know them. And yeah. so that is super daunting that I found for most brokers or, you know, realtors who want to go on their own. But the, I don't know how to handle all the back end is the first like boulder to overcome. It completely is because most people who go into the brokerage business as an owner, they are realtors first. So they're salespeople. So they're people, people, they're relational, they're, you know, they're not people who you know, want to do all the operations. So you, you couldn't, you couldn't be any more like right on about that. And I think that's probably, I love that because you saw that and that it's, I really believe it's been one thing that's been missing in our industry for so many years and side came in and, and solved that. Um, and obviously it was a major pain point because you guys are doing so well. So how did you go from the boutique, um, to finding co-finding side? Um, it was, it's a, it's a, it's like a love dating story. Um, my co-founders, Guy and Ed, Guy stalked me on LinkedIn for, I don't know how many months, um, just because they were trying, they were coming out of um, technology and entrepreneurship and trying to understand how to utilize technology to disrupt the real estate space. And how can they utilize technology to streamline the real estate transaction, which in California is very paper heavy. And there was no automation process. And for them, it's like, well, why can't we just solve this with software? So they had that piece. So when the three of us got together and we're discussing the industry and what was missing, the piece that I brought to the table was well, you know that the other thing that we could do is we could provide um, kind of like a white label backend support, a platform for other like-minded individuals who are top producers who really want to own 
their business at the end of the day. And we can make that readily available by including, you know, the brokerage support, the marketing support, the, the brand identity creation and all that kind of thing. So that was kind of like the perfect three-legged stool yeah. <laughs> that three of us created. Um, and in a way that for me personally, it really allows um, women and minority who traditionally are at the lower percentage ownership of broker owners across the country in the real estate space, the opportunity to not have to consider the big financial investment to open a brokerage to do so and be successful. So that was my big piece. Hey everyone. Do you ever feel like you're juggling too many balls, like kids, clients, marketing, and maybe even your own well-being? What if I told you the key to balancing it all comes down to your daily habits? Your success isn't solely about transactions or mastering the market. It's also about cultivating a life you love. And that all starts with your daily ritual. If you're finally ready to take back control of your time, then do yourself a favor and go to postandbeamcreative.com slash lifestyle daily ritual download to get your free and instant app access to our daily ritual. We created this resource to make sure you have the roadmap to transform your entire lifestyle, both business and well-being. So head on over to postandbeamcreative.com slash lifestyle daily ritual download to download your daily ritual. After you download it, implement it for 30 days and then come back and let me know how it's changed your life and your business. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I love that because um, they're missing the the back end piece, um, and they they want they they want their own brand out there. At the end of the day, you know whether they're an agent or a broker owner, they don't want to give up their brand to a big box brand. I mean, very few of them do. You know, there of course there are those who you know want that big brand behind them, but many of them, the real entrepreneurs, they want their brand out in front. And quite honestly. You know, the more consumers we talk to, the more we're validated that people remember the agent before they remember the brokerage, right? It's like your hairstylist, right? You're going to follow them wherever they go, right? Because they're your person. It's the same with an agent. And so their personal brand is super important. So I love that you're providing that service, sort of that back end, that white label. It's just, it's it's a great concept. Um So what were some of the challenges you guys came up against when you started the business? Um, I think what one of the um, one of the biggest challenges, I think, was proving ourselves, proving our concept in any industry, in any disruption. If you are bringing something to a very old traditional industry, people look at you kind of like with squinty eyes and they're like, mm, I don't know if you can actually do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Because one, it hadn't been done before. Two, you're going up against very entrenched, long time industry veterans who have owned the space for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and rarely had anything been disruptive, right? Zillow was truly disruptive when it came came out with their estimates, whether they're whether they're on point or not, that yeah. concept was mind blowing. Yes. Um and same with like the iBuyer concept. But people at the very outset are always gonna be naysayers. And so for us, we spent the entire first year with our initial seven partner cohort to make sure that we were actually delivering quality. 
And we were doing exactly what we were going to say we did. And then we looked at that first year and made sure that their growth that we promised or that we told them that we would be partnering with them to accomplish actually happened. And then we were able to go after that um, to kind of open up the floodgates, so to speak, and say, okay, this is repeatable. We This is accomplishable. And here, let me show you the data that, that proves it. That's so that was, so a, smart. that was a big hurdle, but I think we did it right. And we took our time. Yeah. I mean, and very few companies have the patience uh, or or their investors have the patience to allow you to take your time, you know, right. I mean, they want to see growth immediately. And, and it's, you're right. Like this is a very old traditional space, um, you know, slow to change. Uh, and so, you know, and they're, um, you know, they're not always, you know, they're, they're cautiously, maybe not so optimistic, right. <laughs> that you're going to yeah. do what you're, you're going to do. So that's, that's so smart. Um, so what have been some of the pivotal moments that fueled, or maybe the milestones that fueled sides growth? Um, I think one big one was really, we started in San Francisco and that market in and of itself is very deep and very different. And there were at the time, a lot of boutique owners of longstanding family run companies. And I think one of the biggest inflection points was when um, Compass came to the market. And at that point in time, they were buying up market share as their strategy. And they were picking up those a handful of family run boutiques who wanted exit strategies or whatnot. And what was the like, aha moment was those true entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirits who want to own their business then left and said, you know what, this is the opportunity for me to really, I believe in boutique head to toe. I know it's local. I know it's all about that quality product and my, that I'm providing my clients. And then we were able to really say, this is full product market fit. Like we know we have something and we're not for everyone. At the outset, I say that we're very niche. We're very good at what we do, but it's, you know, we have a slice of the pie that is very direct. And so that was a really turning point for us, I think, um, when when that happened. Yeah, because you guys came in like right around the same time as Compass. I'm not even sure who came <clears throat> first. Um, we officially launched in September of 2016. So 2017 was our whole first year with that initial cohort. And I think it was right around 20. 17, 18 was when they showed up in San Francisco. I mean, they've been around for a while on the East Coast, but I think that's about right. Yeah. And so their model was just so different. Like you did really get the true entrepreneurs who, who, you know, just have that passion to be out there and own their business. And so it was a completely different um, audience that you guys were targeting for sure. And you gave those who were probably being hounded by Compass another opportunity to do, you know, to be able to stay um, and grow their business. Um, Let's talk about leadership because now you've been, you know, in place for six years, seven, almost seven years. Um, What qualities do you think are most essential as a leader now of, you know, what did you tell me in the green room, $3 billion company in terms of (laughs) Um, home sales? We, yeah, we, um, you know, it's interesting. I have loved leadership since I was a small t- human, 
Um, and it's one of those interesting things where you can, you can learn about it. You can study it in school. You can learn life skills, but when you apply them and you see how it affects other people and whether it lands or it doesn't land, and then you learn from that, I think the years of experience, I would give you two different answers if, if you and I were talking six years ago versus now. And now I think it's, very focused on really listening, um, being an active listener and really being conscious of what you, what information you're trying to understand from the person you're speaking with or the audience that you're speaking to and what you can gain from it. So you can understand whatever issue there is. And then from there, you can develop a plan and you can lead accordingly, but you really have to care for yeah. what you are going to hear. You can't just, you know, ask questions and in your mind be spinning onto the next thing. You actually have to be digesting what they're saying and yeah. um validate those those feelings and concerns because they are. They're all valid. Yeah. And I think my in my experience, um people just really want to be heard. At the end of the day, they want to be heard. So even if you can't give them what they want, most times, if they feel that you, they've been genuinely heard and you have considered what their needs are, um, they they will support or get behind the direction that you want to take the company. Most often, most often. And I, I think that that takes a special kind of a person to be able to do that. So, you know, you talked about women and minorities being, you know, having this opportunity with side. Um, as a woman, as the the only woman co-founder of Side, um, what do you think your gender has to do with your leadership style and your ability to lead in a different way within your organization? That is a great topic. And I think maybe, maybe at some point, Guy Ed and I should write a book about it because there are communication styles that are different. There are point of views that are very different. Um, it is very interesting because we're, oh, the three of us are around the same age. I am technically the oldest, begrudgingly. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but we see each other 100% as um, equals, intellectuals, regardless of, of gender or anything of that nature. However, there is a perspective that, I think I bring just because of the nature of being a mom, having different intuition than male intuition mm -hmm. and different empathy that men have empathy, but it's on a, it's a different flavor of it. And so there's almost like a holistic approach when the three of us get together and um, discuss and debate and have conversations that perspectives that I, they may not have thought of that I bring to the table. Um, they have their own perspectives, obviously, but I just think that having that um, unique inherent perspective that a woman brings mm -hmm. is a different light or it's a light from a different angle. And you may not have considered what is illuminated by that light. Yeah, it's the diversity at the table is so important, right? So can I go out on a limb and say side wouldn't be what side is without Hillary's perspective? <laughs> well, I'll just pat myself. No, I'm just kidding. I would never do that. <laughs> no. Um, I think that from a different from different reasons too, because I'm the one that brought the original real estate perspective. And so I had that uh real estate and legal angle of things. 
Guy and Ed had the tech space and the entrepreneurial and the startup mindset. I had no understanding at that point what actually could be accomplished in what time frame with technology. It blew my mind. And yeah. I think it was almost like the a, a perfect storm, so to speak, of three different individuals, you know, wrapping all their ideas into a little tornado and just letting it go. Yeah. No, that's it's it's amazing. Hey, everyone, if you're in real estate and you're not fully leveraging an email newsletter, you're missing out big time. Carrie and I created a course that promises a $36 return for every $1 spent on email marketing. It's called Clicks to Closings, and it's everything you need from building targeted email lists to crafting irresistible subject lines. If you're looking for a surefire way to stay in touch with your SOI, this is a game changer. The course launches on November 8th. And if you sign up today, you'll get our special rate of $69. Prices go up November 7th. So save your seat now. Go to postandbeamcreative.com slash clicks to closings to learn more and register. What part do you play in the front facing? Because, you know, we know that 60 to 65% of, um, people in the real estate space are women. Now, a smaller number are in the in a leadership position, but you're still in front of quite a few agents. Um, I would imagine that your perspective, your just essence is really important when it comes to being in front of your clients. I I would I would agree and I think my role has changed over the years. One of my favorite um, things to to advise people to do, which was something that was ingrained in me early on in beginning side, is try and replace yourself every six months. That ensures growth. That ensures bringing on new people, new perspectives of accomplishing certain tasks. So I started out very very focused on building up the brokerage piece and making sure that we had the right team in place to process transactions, to process payments, to do the right branding, expand into the different states and mentor our brokerage operations team. Mm -hmm. And they are a very well run oiled machine, has a great team on them. And, you know, I just, they are, they fly by themselves. They only need, I only pop in every once in a while to give my perspective or, you know, what things are doing, how I can be of any service. I've shifted to more of a thought leadership and market expansion, minds bending role, um, yeah. speaking on women in leadership and why are there not more women in the C-suite in real estate? And why? what are the issues that we either have not discussed or not discussed enough or not provided avenues to solve for. I think plenty of people talk a big game. They don't do anything about it. So my role this year specifically is focusing on DEI and making sure that true fair housing and housing equality occurs across this country. It's a humongous mountain to climb, but I'm mm -hmm. doing my part one foot at a time. And I'm super excited to see where we go and the impact that we can make. So yeah. Uh, I'm like, yeah. Like I'm super, you're getting me going here. I'm like really excited. Well, the whole reason that we met was through the woman up initiative, which is a California association of realtors initiative on doing exactly what you're talking about is bringing more women up into leadership roles. Um, so you did say something about, you know, the, you know, why isn't it happening? What discussions are we not having? What do you think is, 
What do you think are some of the biggest reasons women are not stepping into more leadership roles? Um, I think traditionally there's two pieces of it. One is the leadership of a brokerage organization. And I, I, in my opinion, it's been that the skill set hasn't been um, uh, valued as much traditionally mm-hmm. as, mm-hmm. say, the typical male skill set of running an organization, making difficult decisions, whatever. Um, but women don't tend to fight for those positions. They've been tapped on the shoulder and said, hey, I see these skills in you, typically by men, which is great. They're amazing allies and advocates. But it's not the same as the women being encouraged to do it themselves. Yeah, so that's a it's great like, differentiator. Yeah, it's 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 almost like pulling versus pushing someone, right? Yes. You're, I don't think there's enough of the tools to push someone to create their own style, create their leadership skills, and then foster in them the desire to want to do it versus, hey, we need a woman because we need to check this box. Yes. 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 That so, is so beautifully stated. Yes. An important shift. And that has to be done internally in the organization. Um, yep. You know, side is we have over 50 some percent of our partners are our partner companies are women owned. Um, we have, you know, a great number of women in our leadership inside side of director level and above. And we we put our money where our mouth is and we want to make sure that the clientele that we serve is reflective in us. Oh my God, I love that. I I love the analogy of the push-pull because that that's a very subtle piece that I think is truly um important to recognize, you know. So like as a mom, you have these two beautiful girls, you know, and they're little. So like you have this clean slate to encourage them, right? How do you do that? Like, have you, I'm sure you've thought about that. Like, how do I take them from, I think they're three, right? They'll be four in February. Okay. They're almost four. Yes. How, how, in, how do you envision cultivating that in them as they grow? Um, I think about it on a daily basis, but I think I started my son who's 10 was in this side journey with me. So he has seen from the very beginning, from our very first office, um, even from a little, you know, little kids absorb everything. They are so smart. They are so spongy. And bringing him to the office where there were women who were running businesses, he saw me running meetings. He knew that, you know, moms do these things and this is great. And so he has that perspective now, which is one that I want to foster in him continuously, that women in leadership is are is super important for him to support and then him to also ap- appreciate and encourage in his role, whatever he decides to do. Yeah. And then with the girls, it is that you can accomplish anything, but you respect when some people have to work. And there, it's not a it's not a negative thing. Oh, mom has to work. And this is, you know, sad or bummer. It's yay. This is a cool thing and making it feel like accomplishing whatever it is that you want to do or need to do at that time is a positive experience, not a negative one. And, you know, they, they're involved a lot. They see me travel. They, you know, they go to open houses. They do all that stuff. They pretend that they're realtors on their little phones. It's really cute. I love it. I love that. I love that. And sort of seeing, you know, that, um, you know, uh, 
it's an expectation that they come to, to just know that mom is a leader, you know, and has an impact, a positive impact on other people. I know for me, like with my son, that's super important. Like I want him to your point to be, to see it as a positive and to see that, you know, the passion behind it is to have that impact, impact on others, that positive impact on others, whatever it is, your role is in whatever industry you're in. Yeah. I love that. Go back to the fair housing, because what are you doing to support that effort? Because that is a huge mountain. It is. It is a very huge mountain. And it is very encouraging and exciting. So at the beginning of the year, side created a DEI council that is put put together of our partners and realtors in our community and us myself as the leadership person providing them the ability to create content to create um classes to create how to's for other people because these people on our council are ones who are um they do hold leadership positions at their local realtor associations they volunteer in the community but they are actually teaching first time home buyer seminars they're working with Freddie Mac and figuring out what programs are available to people who may not traditionally think that they can own a home and they're actually boots on the ground in their communities so the council itself is putting um, material and spotlight on it so that other people across the country can just say, oh, I can do this. I can pick this up and I can implement it myself plug in. in my town, USA. And here's the whole, you know, manual of how to do it. Um, and so from our perspective, it's a gra- grassroots effort yeah. on providing tools and resources so that way, anyone who has a passion for making sure home ownership is truly equally available to do it in their respective community. And then from there, we're going to go up. That's fantastic. Oh, my God. Keep me posted on that. I would love to to share out some of your successes. I just think yeah. it's amazing. If, we don't talk want, enough about it. Check it out. Side.com is our website. Yeah. And then uh, we have a diversity tab on there. You can just go into the resources page and there's all the resources free you may have whatever you like. Oh, that's fantastic. So it's not even for just for your partners. No, You're making uh-uh. it available. The, to our everybody. partners have created it for the entire real estate community. And if there's something that you think should be on there, you can always email me directly at hillary at side.com um, and I will look at it. Oh, that yeah. is awesome. I'm gonna I will make sure that's in the notes. That's a really important piece. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for pushing that huge boulder up the hill. Hey, you know uh, what? Every, you know, this magical people who climb Everest, I will never do that, but they do that one foot at a time too. Yeah, they do. They certainly do. You got to start somewhere. Um, and that's, that's, that's phenomenal. Um, what's next for side in terms of growth and innovation? We, you know, we are, um, expanding not as rapidly as we had done in the past, but more strategically, we've gone back to who we are at our core, which is really providing, the best in class ability for the top level realtors who want to own their businesses. So we are um, expanding into new territory. I teased it to you earlier, which um, it she was will... a vault. Everybody, she would not. I know. Tell I me. won't say where. Throughout states, I know. And she she's wouldn't. like dropping names. I'm like, no, <laughs> but it'll come out at the beginning of the year. We'll okay. we'll tell everybody where we are going next. But um, you know, we're working really hard at providing the best service to our existing partners and others who want to join us in the states that we're at. I mean, it's 
It's been an interesting year across real estate. And I think for us, it's really providing the tools to our community to really excel in a way that they can focus on their business now that it's not as crazy as it was last year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's an important piece too. We have to, a lot of agents can get wrapped up and nervous at this point uh, because the, you know, the market has slowed down. Um, But this is a huge opportunity, right? To really start to hone your business development skills, um, warming up your pipeline and, you know, making sure that all of your systems are in place so that, you know, come the first of the year, the spring market, you know, you really can grow and excel. So that's a, that's a really good point. Take advantage of this quiet time. Absolutely. Right. Um, You have all of these brands behind you. So let's, how many brands are actually there? How many partners are in your uh, we have over 500. Wow. Um, at this point. Yeah. We have over 500 and they're just the, the companies, um, that we support and they range, you know, from a few agents to 50 to 60. Um, it just awesome. depends on it's the choose your own adventure and flavor of your boutique brokerage. And what does that look like? Are you small and mighty? Or are you very large and expansive? Yeah. I I love it. I, I love the opportunity for all of those companies to, you know, just make a huge mark in their local communities. That's really what it's all about. Because um, those brands, well, you know, they might not be recognizable to me. They are super recognizable in the local community. People know who those companies are. So it's that's an exciting thing. So exciting for an entrepreneur. Um, as we wrap up, what are three things you would want our community to take away today? I think it's one of them really is understanding your own value proposition. You know, Mm. you do this as a, as an exercise when you and I spoke on the podcast, um, the, it is truly, truly understanding your value proposition is foundational to being really good at what you sell, right? It's not, you're not selling your ability to put a house in an MLS. You are selling your unique value prop. What do you do for the client that, <coughs> excuse me, that the other people um, don't do? The other thing is um, take time out for yourself, you know, mm-hmm. put your oxygen mask on first, because if you can't show up, then you know what? You're not, you're really no good to anyone else. No offense, but you know, take care of yourself, make sure that you are in a good place and ask for help. The third Mm. thing is always ask for help. If you don't know how to do something, if you think you could do it better, if you want to learn about anything, just ask. That is, I don't, I really don't know why there's stigma attached to asking for help, especially like with career growth. It's seen as like, oh no, my bosses will think I don't know what I'm doing. It's actually the reverse when we at a leadership level look at people who are engaging and constantly saying, how can I do X, Y, or Z? Mm-hmm. It shows initiative. Mm-hmm. It doesn't show insecurity. So, yeah. yeah. And people who have intelligence and emotional intelligence are curious people. So it, it's not so much seeing it as, uh, you know, I need help. I don't know. I need help. It's more about being curious to continue to grow and learn more. I mean, that's really, that's really what it's about. And you're right. Leaders love that. You know, they eat that up. But I also think that's, 
that's a female leader, you know, somebody who, you know, appreciates wanting to mentor and teach. And I also think putting your oxygen mask on first is also more of a female leadership style because we know as moms, we don't do it enough. And we know that we need to prioritize that. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, Okay. Finish this sentence for me. No like trust is. No like trust is to really understand yourself as a human. Mm. Because you have to know yourself. You have to like yourself. And then you have to trust your abilities to accomplish anything you want to do. Yeah. 100%. Love it. I love your show, Christine. You're amazing. Oh my God. And I love your energy and your sincerity and what you bring and support even the same mission and making people understand their uniqueness and how to share it with the world. It's really cool. Oh my God. Thank you. Oh my God. I love you. When am I going to see you next? I know. We should get together. I know. Um, we're on yeah, opposite you know. sides of, of I know, I know. <laughs> but we, we always meet women up something or some Are other you gonna be wonderful event. In, in January? No, we have actually our side-by-side event. I'll be in San Diego hosting our yearly oh massive event. Yeah. So it may not be until June, but that's okay. Yeah. We'll stay All in right. touch. Yes, Thank for you sure. so much. Thanks for being here. Oh, you're here. welcome. It's, it's been a pleasure. And for those of you who are watching, let us know. Leave us a comment. Let us know you were here. Tell us where you're joining from. And if you're listening on the podcast, it would go so far if you would leave us a five-star review, write us a little review. And if you like what we're doing, share it with your friends. Um, we are No Like Trust for Real Estate. And visit us at uh, postandbeamcreative.com as well. So have a wonderful day, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Take care.